we're just going to dive in here. You know, the Lord showed me some things that, honestly, I had never, ever seen before. If you could turn in your Bibles, please, to Hebrews chapter 10, 24, and that says this. Hebrews 10, 24 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. You know, we are to encourage one another. And... And it says here that we are in, to encourage one another in two areas, one in love and one in good deeds. You know, if, if you've lived on this earth very long, uh, you know how easy it is to step out of love. Is that right? We can step from happy and joyful to complaining and upset in three seconds or less. We have to learn how to love one another. Amen. And we also have to learn how to walk in love if somebody doesn't walk in love toward us. Isn't that right? Because, because both of those things can be challenging. All right? When, when, you know, it's easy to love those who love us, right? But, but those who don't love us, those who mistreat us or are unkind to us or say unkind things to us or cut us off in traffic or, you know, take the donut we wanted, you know, whatever that might be, you know, the, the, then, then we get to choose to walk in love toward that person. I don't, I don't think we have anybody in this church who gets upset if you sit in their chair, but I've been in churches where they got upset if you sat in their chair. It's like, don't they know that's my chair? You know, clearly they did not know that it was your chair, or maybe they did know it was your chair and didn't care. But either way, you get to walk in love, see? But, but it said, the other thing it said was we want to spur one another, we want to spur one another to walk in love and good deeds, all right? So, so good deeds, why would we do good deeds? That's what we're going to try to focus on tonight, all right? You know, turn over to Ephesians, because I want you to see this, and, and then we're going to go to Genesis 1, so you can put your finger in two places. I'll try not to do three, okay? We'll just, you can, but, but we're going to go to Ephesians 2 and Genesis 1. Genesis 1 should be easy. That's the very first page of your Bible, okay? You should be able to find that one, okay? Ephesians 2, did you find that? Ephesians 2, verse 10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That is uh, not out of the NASB, that's out of the NIV, which I'm going to switch back and forth between the two tonight. So, um, but we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That verse bugs me. It used to bug me a lot. I didn't like that verse. It's like, well, God, if, if I was just created to do good works, you know, how am I different than, you know, the, uh, the uh, cordless drill in my garage, which was created to do good works? Uh, how, how am I any different than that? You know, what, what, what are you just trying to see what you can get out of me? Now, I know and you know that is not possibly true. That could not possibly be how God is. But that verse says we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, you know? So am I just a worker? Is that what I am? You know that is not true. And you know that's not what God's like. But let's talk about that, okay? Are you in Genesis? Did you put your finger there? You know, we are... Now, now I'm going to talk about some things, but you know what? You know, you know I mentioned earlier, 
you know, God is not a man that he would lie. We don't always take hold and believe in faith the things that the word says about us. And we're going to talk about that tonight because you know what? If, if we don't do that, if we don't take hold of what the word says about us, then we are missing out. We're missing out of something God wants us to walk in and how God wants us to look at ourselves, how God wants us to look at each other. I can promise you that, that if you take some of the things that, that the Word says that we're going to talk about tonight, if you take some of those things to heart, it's going to be easier for you to walk in love toward other people because you're going to look at them different. And that, that'll help, okay? God is not just trying to see what He can get out of us. We are part of his body, aren't we? Doesn't it say that? It says, you are the body of Christ. All right, he's the head, Christ is the head, and we are the body of Christ. We are him on this earth. Now, in Genesis, are you there? Look at verse, look at verse 26. This is God talking about making us, all right? So let's look at this. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule. Well, when it, when it says there, let us make man, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image. Well, what exactly does that mean? Does that mean we just look like him? Well, no, we know from what other places in the word, he's a spirit. It says God is spirit, and, and he made us to be in a, a spirit. Isn't that right? So, so, but, but, but look, look what it says there, the, the part right after it says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule. Now, he, so he didn't just make us in his image to look like him, although we may in some way. He made us to act like him. You see that? Because it says, let us make man in our image that they may rule. You see that? So, so he, he, he didn't just make us a spirit man. He made us a ruling spirit man. Do you see that? Now, now bear with me here. Just, just walk with me a little bit through this, okay? Uh, we'll keep reading that. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky. He said what he gave us to rule. We don't rule him. Do you see that? He didn't give us the authority to rule over him. Do you see that? I mean, that, that may be, sound real obvious, but it's, it's right here. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle over there, and over all the earth, you see that, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And then he felt the need to say it one more time. Verse 27, God created man in his own image. And then he felt the need to say it one more time. In the image of God, he created him. Now, I want you to understand that, that the word says that even saying it twice is of great significance, but to say it three times, it's not changeable. Now, man committed high treason, Adam and Eve committed high treason, and handed over the earth to, the, to Satan, all right? We see that in Genesis chapter 2. We see that in, in when Jesus was being tempted, when Satan came to him and said, you know, if you'll bow down to me, I'll hand over all the kingdoms of the earth. And Jesus didn't say, you're a liar because they're not yours, so you couldn't do that. Jesus didn't say anything at all like that. Why? Because Adam and Eve handed it over to him. But you understand that when Jesus came along 
and he died for our sins, and he created a new covenant with us. Do you understand that, that things changed again? When we become a new creation in him, it's literally a new creation in him. Now we're back being, instead of being uh, outcast like Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden, instead of being that, we are in him now. He's our head and we're the body. We are part of who he is on this earth, okay? And, and, I, and, and we, there's more scriptures that prove that than, than I can even say. If that's not weird. That's just who we are, okay? So, so we have Adam, we're a part, or we have Adam and Eve, and he made them in his image, and he keeps repeating that because he wants us to get a hold of that, all right? Our lives are expressed with him, within him now. As we are born again, as we, you know, we, we say this, we ask Jesus to come into our heart. We say that, don't we? Now, does it say that anywhere in the Bible? No, it doesn't say that, not in those words. Now, it's not, it's not that it's wrong to say that or anything. It's not wrong to say that, but, but those words are not in the Bible. What the Bible does say, it says, as many as have received him, to them he gave the right to become sons of God. Now, so, so instead of being slaves to sin, we're now sons of God. See, that's part of that change from, well, Adam had it good and then it went bad, and now God's making it good again through Jesus as we become a part of him. All right, um, turn over, we know this verse really well, but I want you to look at it, Acts 17. Paul was uh, preaching to a group of idol worshipers and, and trying to get their attention. He had, uh, he, he had been wandering around and, and he saw in the city a temple to the unknown God. So he thought that was his opportunity uh, as the Holy Ghost prompted him. He thought that was his opportunity to talk to them about the God he knew, since none of their idol temples worshipped the God he knew. And, and so he, he started talking and got a group of people listening to him. And in, we're just going to take the little part out of that. Acts 17, at the end of verse 27, it says, He is not far from each of us. Some of us have felt like he was far away at different times in our lives, but... See, again, this is where we walk in faith and not by sight. The end of verse 27, he is not far from each of us. Verse 28, we know this. For in him we live and move and have our being. So, so we talk about, I'm asking Jesus into my heart. He talks about, do you see this? He talks about how in him, instead of us asking him and it's like he, uh, it's the opposite. In him, we are part of him. We are in him. We are part of his body. In him, we live and move and have our being. Do you see that? Now, now that is quite the opposite of how we normally think. Because, you know, it, it, it's like, it's like the, the, the caveman who thought the sun went around the earth instead of the earth. You know what I mean? We have the wrong picture of how this is. We kind of see it the opposite way. You know, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't hinder our spiritual growth to see it the opposite way, but I'm going to say it will enhance your spiritual growth to see how it really is. That instead of him being a little part of, of you, you're a little part of him. Does that make sense? 
We are his extensions on the earth. We're extensions of him on the earth. His spirit dwells inside of us. We are the body of Christ. We are part of him. It may not be till we're in heaven that we really get a grip on 100% of this. But, but I'm, I'm just telling you, God wants you to understand that you're a part of him. Look over in Acts chapter 9. This is talking about uh, when Saul, who later was called Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, was uh, going around persecuting Christians. He was arresting Christians. Anybody who followed Christ, he was arresting them and throwing them in jail. They stoned Stephen to death. They killed some of them. They threw some of them in jail. They were persecuting. They were having them flogged 39 times, according to the Jewish law. They were doing all sorts of things. And, and uh, verse ch- 1 of Acts chapter 9 says, Now Paul, or Saul, was still breathing out threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And it says he went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, meaning followers of Christ, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he was traveling, it happened that as he was approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? (laughs) And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. Paul never met Jesus. Paul never arrested Jesus or flogged Jesus. Paul had Stephen stoned. But, But notice what Jesus said here. He didn't say, Saul, you're persecuting my followers. You're, you're persecuting my brothers and sisters. You're persecuting my children. You're picking on my kids. Do you notice he didn't say that? No, Jesus looked at him and said, why are you persecuting me? Because, see, we're part of him. And, and he takes it very personally what, we, what someone might say to us or if someone persecutes us or if someone mistreats us. And, and just while we're on it, you know, I told, I told somebody they didn't need their steel-toed boots tonight, but, but you might hear. But see, 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 this is another reason that we want to watch what we say to other believers, isn't it? Because if Jesus takes it personally when, when people mistreat us because we're in him, he's certainly going to take it, pers- you know, take it personally if we mistreat another believer, you know, isn't that right? We shouldn't do it. I mean, there, there's no reason for us to do that ever. But, you know, we make, uh, you know, and I'll speak for myself. Sometimes, you know, well, I'm mad or I'm this or I'm that. And, and you know, we make excuses. But you know what? We need to just zip it sometimes and, and, and ask God to give us perspective so that, so that we can walk this out and, and not sin against our brothers and sisters. Because we have a God who loves us more than, than anything because he gave his life for us. He loves us more than his own life. He gave, he gave himself so that we could live, right? And we know that and we're grateful for that. But, but, but he took us in. In him we live and move and have our being. 
So, you know, we, we, start, <laughs> we started out talking about, uh, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that we would walk in him. And I told you, you know, you know, does he just want to see what he can get out of us? Oh, my goodness, no. Did you see that? See, see, we are his hands on this earth. We are his feet on this earth. We are his eyes on this earth. We are his ears on this earth. And, and you know, when, when Jesus, you know, would, would walk down the road and, and, you know, a blind man would call out, he didn't ignore that person. You know, he went and helped them. He went and healed them. You know, he, we are his extension on this planet. And, and the work that he has given us to do, it's not just, well, he's given you a bunch of work to do. No, it's not like that. No, 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 no. We are carrying out the plan of God for this planet. And, and do, do, do you see that when God put Adam and Eve in charge, right? He said, I want you to rule over the fish and the animals and, and over all the earth, right? Did he say that? All right, see, see, see we, we, we have the wrong view of, of what it is that God's put us here to do. He's not just trying to see what he can get out of us. No, no, no. We are ruling and reigning. We are to rule and reign on this planet. We are to carry out his plan. We are to carry out his works. We, you know, what did Jesus do? Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, what did Jesus do? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. Isn't that right? Um, among other things, but didn't he do that? And, 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 so, and so God, when, when Jesus went back to heaven, God put us here in his place, right? And, uh, and, and gave us his work to do, all right? You know, we, we are familiar with that verse that says that we're a kingdom of priests, you know? We're, we're uh, kings and priests, in this world, all right? We are, you know, if, if, if I were Bill Gates and I had unlimited resources, in my brain I think, okay, I would be very organized and I would figure out how it was that as a person with, with unlimited resources, I would try to figure out what it was that I could do to make the biggest impact on the world. You know what? If, if you would just stop feeling... Like, you know how we get, we get overwhelmed and, and my job's too hard and people aren't nice to me and this is my world and I don't like this and I'm unhappy with this and I don't... Okay, if we would just drop all that and remember that we are a kingdom of priests and that we are to rule and reign. And, and you know what? Let me ask you this. Do you have unlimited resources? Yeah, you do because you are in him. And in him you live and move and have your being. You have unlimited resources. You know, if, if you would start looking at your world the way God wants you to look at your world, with eyes of love, and look, okay, God, what can I do to make an impact on this world? What can I do to fulfill your dream and your plan, not, you know, not just for me, but for your whole body? What can I do? You know, I've got my part to play. What can I do? 
how can I carry that out? You know, if, if we could look at the world that way instead of the way we do look at it most days, you know, we could actually accomplish more than we are accomplishing now. And, and that's exciting. Because, because he said we're supposed to reign, didn't he? Didn't he? Romans 5, if you want to look it up. He said we're supposed to, one translation says we're supposed to reign as kings. Well, how can we do that? Well, we can't do that in and of ourselves, but because we are in him, and because in him we live and move and have our being, and because he said whatsoever things you ask, I will do it. Didn't he say that? You know, we, we limit him by looking at a situation, you know, we think, oh, there's a problem. I sure wish I could fix it, but I can't. If I had the money to do that, I would do it. Yeah, I have, a, I have a, a good friend who was a missionary for his entire life. He's now retired. Um, he was a missionary in Kenya. And I, and I was talking to him one day, and, and he was telling me about this big project that was going to cost tens of thousands of dollars. And I, I, I said to him, I said, where are you going to get the money to do that? And he almost got, I mean, he, he, <laughs> he didn't get angry. He almost was angry, though. And, and he looks at me and he goes, there's always money. It's people I can't find. <laughs> and you know what? Let me tell you something. That is the truth. If, if, you know, if God needed to get you money in the mouth of a hound dog in a paper sack, he would do it. You know, the, the, the money is not the issue. God's looking for people who are willing to, to, willing to obey him and willing to believe that what he said, that, that we are in him and that we reign as kings and that he's given us stuff to do. Well, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Okay, yeah, we've all been there. I, I, I didn't know what he wanted me to do tonight. But, but you know what? You have not because you ask not. You might as well just ask him, well, how am I supposed to rule and reign? What do you want me to do? Well, ask him. You know what? And, and you know, you know, just start off with something small. Start off with something small. All right. Look at Matthew 5. I never understood this verse until the Lord was talking to me about this one today. All right. Matthew chapter 5. You know, if you open up the first part of Matthew 5, it's the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the, blessed are the, blessed are the, if you've read those before. All right. Number, let's see here, verse number 10, Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I always thought... What does that mean, Lord? I don't understand the connection between blessed are those who are persecuted and, and for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I don't get that one. Some of the others, they seem to make more sense. That one I didn't understand. And, and here's the deal. I, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to put into words what the Lord shows you. But, but what he showed me was, you know, when they persecute you, if someone makes fun of you or laughs at you or says something harsh to you because you're a Christian or because of your faith or because you believe God's the healer or because you believe God's the Savior or whatever, you know, they're treating you just like they treated Jesus. You know that? And, uh, and the reason they're treating you like they treated Jesus is because you're acting like Jesus. And 
I can assure you that uh, since the word says in, in uh, we'll look at that in a minute in John 14, but the word says that, you know, we are in him, right? And he is in us. And, and you know, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God in heaven. Isn't that right? That's what the word tells us. And, and you know, he doesn't have any trouble seeing that the kingdom of heaven belongs to him. But, you know, we're seated there right with it. It says so in, in Ephesians chapter 2. And as we're persecuted because we act like him and he's in us and he takes it personally and we're in him and, you know, he looks at it that way. You're right here with me. And the kingdom belongs to you because you're walking in faith. You haven't denied my name. And, uh, and if you did deny his name and you got straightened up again, you know, that's what Peter did, isn't it? So we just straighten up and start following and stick with him. But, but you know, we, uh, we prove to ourselves, maybe, we, uh, we show the world that we're followers of God because the persecution doesn't phase us, just like it didn't phase Jesus, just like it didn't phase Paul or Timothy or Peter or any of the disciples that, that, that walked with God, we don't, we don't let that phase us because we're children of the kingdom and the kingdom belongs to us and we're already seated there according to the word. So that's a good thing. Turn over to John 14. I was, uh, I was looking at this in the New American Standard Bible and, and the Lord took me to this after he was talking to me about how personally he takes things and how he sees us in him and sees us as a part of him. But uh, in John chapter 14, we're going to look at verse 20 first, and then we're going to back up. But look at verse 20. It says, in that day, and we'll figure out what day that might be in a minute. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Do you see that? Track with that one for a minute. Jesus is in the Father. We're in him and he's in us. Okay, this is that whole in him we live and move and have our being thing, right? So, so we are a part of who he is. We are seated with him in heavenly places according to Ephesians 2. But let's just back up to verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And, and, and in thinking about how the Lord said we're in him and we're, you know, and he's in us, I read this verse and I thought, I will come to you makes no sense to me. How could it say that if we're a part of who he is? Why would he need to come to us if we're a part of who he is? So I felt the need to have to look up a more literal translation of this verse. That verse, you know what it actually says in the Greek? It says, I am come to you. It doesn't say, I will come to you. It says, I am come to you. He's already here. Because he showed me that, and I thought, that can't possibly be the right translation. I will come to you cannot be the right translation of that. If we're in him, and he's in us, and we're a part of who he is, then that can't be right, and it's not right. I am come to you. Think about that. I love that. Isn't he good? All right. Let's keep going here. I, I just... I, I, I just wanted you to see 
you know, that, that, that he's, not, he's not about himself. Do you understand that? He's not trying to get something out of you. He, he created us in his image. We kind of started there. He, he created us in his image. Do you understand that God likes to do things? He likes to accomplish things. He, he created us so that he could have a relationship with us. Do you understand that he made us like him? We have a desire to accomplish things. We have a desire for relationships. Think how fulfilling those things are to us as people. It's because he made us like him, all right? We, we have a drive in us to, to do something, to have meaning to our lives. We want to, 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 to walk away from something saying, I did it. And, and you know, we, we, want, we want to know that there's a reward waiting for us. There's, there's going to be a, a payday at the end of, of us accomplishing something. You know what I mean? We have all these drives in us that motivate us. And, and how did that come about? That came about because that's who he is. And, and he made us like him. So, so as, as we function in this earth, we, we are functioning as, as he wanted us to, as he made us to, as he made our desires to, to do something with our lives. And, and you know how we look at someone who's, who's, who's stuck you know, they may be stuck in some really rough spot. Maybe they're, you know, struggling with substance abuse. And you look at them and you think, wow, you're not doing anything with your life. And we look down on that. Why do we do that? Not, not because we're critical of that person. But, but, but as people who made in the image of God, our bent is to look at someone who's not accomplishing and think that's not a good thing. See, it, 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 when, when, he, when he created us in Christ Jesus to do good works, you know, it, it's like the emphasis there is, is not on the works part, but it's on the good part. We were serving the devil and going down a bad road, all right? And, and now we get to quit doing bad works, and now we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. See, see the works are going to happen one way or the other. But, but God and his great mercy, he saved us and he made us in Christ to do good works now. Do you see that? And, and it says that, that that's the way he designed us to do, right? God, we are his workmanship. We were created this way. Do you see that? Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do because that's what he made us to do. He made us to do something and accomplish things. Look over in... Uh, Look over in Matthew 25. It's not exactly a parable that Jesus told here in Matthew 25. We're going to start in verse 34. But Jesus was talking to his followers about their actions and what they were doing with their time and their resources on the earth. So start with verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Verse 35. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. 
Verse 37, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothed you? Verse 39, when did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? In verse 40, the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do to the least of these, you did not do to me. And they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Titus 3.14, I'll just read this to you. You can write it down if you want. It says, and let our people... Also learn to engage in good deeds to meet pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. I like that. You know, I, I laugh sometimes. Uh, and, and, and I'm not, <laughs> don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray about what we should do because many of us are really, really busy and we can't do everything. Nor should we try. Okay, we should walk out the, the plan God has for us. But, but you know, they're, they're, I, I, heard, <laughs> I overheard a conversation the other day, and, 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 and I laughed because I thought, I'll just tell you what the conversation was. Someone asked someone to do something, and, and instead of just saying no, which was clearly what the person wanted to say, they said, well, I'll pray about that. And I thought, <laughs> I don't think you're going to pray about it, but okay. I'm not to judge here, right? But but the the point the point is is that look, it says our people must learn to engage in good need good deeds to meet pressing needs. You know, sometimes when somebody has a need and it isn't really time to think, it's just time to help. You know, and and uh, you know that doesn't mean you're you're gonna do that for the rest of your life. But sometimes there's a need and you just do do it. You just you just jump in. Uh, a pastor friend of mine said this: People need you when they need you. You know, there, there's a lot of wisdom there. If you think about that, you know, that, that is when people need you is when they need you. Okay. And, and, you know, we, we, uh, you know, our, our dear sister, uh, recently had an accident. Thank God that the, the paramedics didn't just say, well, we, when we get around to it, we'll get around to it. You know, you don't want that. When you need them, you need them. You know, you hit that phone button and you 911 and you want them there in four seconds. You know what I mean? So God wants us to, to, to engage in good deeds. And, and sometimes those good deeds are to meet pressing needs. Somebody has a need. We, we definitely, if we're looking at, at long-term ministry and uh, where we should truly uh, use our resources and our time for something major, we definitely want to pray about that and find out what the Lord's will is, okay? So don't, don't misunderstand what I said there, all right? But uh, we, uh, I, I read these verses the, the other Sunday when I was speaking 
uh, Revelation 5.10, you've made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign, do you see, on the earth. See that up there? They will reign on the earth. Do you see where we're supposed to reign? We're here. This is where we're supposed to reign. This is where we're supposed to take charge of things. How do we do that? Faith, our words, our actions, our money, our time. Isn't that right? So, so I, I, I'm, not, I'm not at all saying that, uh, that we don't take rest time. Jesus rested, didn't he? He slept in a boat in the middle of a storm. He must have been tired. But, uh, but, but he rested. And, and we need to rest. We need balance in our lives. God will never put you in a place where you're out of balance. He'll never, he will never put you in a place where, where you're, uh, you know, exhausted 24-7, 365. He's not going to do that to you. Well, how do I know that? Well, we read this the other Sunday as well, Matthew uh, 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will straighten you out and give you more work to do. <laughs> no. He, he said, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find, oh yeah, there's that word again, rest. For your souls, that's your mind, your will, and emotions. How many of you need rest for your mind? Yes. How many of you need rest for your emotions? Yes. Right. We need rest. Keith Moore said this. He said, everybody at least once a day should stop for 10 minutes and do nothing. Not pray, not read the word, not do anything. He said, stop for 10 minutes don't think, don't do anything, just rest. Try that. It's not as easy as you think. You think that would be easy. Turn over to Matthew chapter 17. I want to give you one more example of, of how, we, how we know we are to reign in this world, how we know how God wants us to look at ourselves now, that doesn't mean we get the big head. We're not over him. We're not over Jesus. You know what I mean? I mean, we don't, we don't override the Holy Spirit and think I'm doing the right thing because I'm, I'm reigning and ruling in life. Okay, come on, you know, use your brain. You know, that, that God gave us our brains to, to use them. Our, our soul's part of who he made. It, it, you know, our heads may give us trouble sometimes, but that doesn't mean our heads are wrong to use. We're supposed to use them. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy in, in there's, there's a passage where he talks about, to, you know, you've probably read it where he says to the young men, to the older men, to the, to the women, you know, he kind of divides up. But, but he, he, to almost all of them, he says, be sensible. In other words, use your head. Think. All right? Don't, don't just. Did you ever meet somebody who was like, you know, they're, they're so spiritual, you know? Well, you know, you, 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 you know, I just feel like God wants. No, I don't. You know, and 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 I'm not trying to minimize, but but you know, they 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 spiritualize everything. You know, 
you know, I, I asked the Lord what to wear today. Okay. You know, I never asked the Lord what to wear. Maybe I should, but I never have, and I don't plan to. You know, keep, you know, I have, you know. Oh, but I better keep going. All right. Did you get to Matthew 17 yet? Now, God wants us to be sensible. He does. All right. Matthew chapter 17. I just, this is so interesting. Uh, start with verse 24. When they came to, <laughs> this, is, this is the passage about Peter going to get the coin out of the fish's mouth to pay their taxes, right? But, but look at what he says here. Jesus says, this is just one of those things that we never talk about, but it's so interesting what Jesus said to him, okay? When they came to Capernaum, verse 24, those who had collected the two drachma tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher, does your teacher not pay the two drachma tax? Here we have Peter going, uh, can you imagine? Uh, yeah, yeah, he does. I'm sure Peter had no idea. But anyway, that's okay. He, he, and so, and when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first saying, you know, Jesus knew. I love that, you know, word of knowledge here. You know, Jesus already knew. Now, Jesus didn't always know, I don't think, you know, everything that had happened to everybody. But, like, you know, remember when he knew what the disciples had been talking about on the road when they were arguing about which one of them was the greatest? <laughs> Jesus knew that, too. Anyway, so, so here comes Simon Peter, who has just been asked, and he's running to Jesus, do we pay the tax? I can hear it. So before Simon Peter could say anything, verse 25 in the middle there, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth collect customs or poll tax? From their sons or from strangers? Now they lived in a world of kings. You understand, we don't have king. We have a president, totally different thing. From their sons or from strangers, when Peter said from strangers, because they didn't collect the tax from their sons, their sons were exempt, weren't they? Because they were the king. Yeah, my family, they don't have to pay. The rules don't apply to the king's family, Okay. So, so uh, Peter said, verse 26, when Peter said from strangers, Jesus said to him, then the sons are exempt. However, so that we do not offend them, go to the sea and throw in a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel, take that and give it to them for you and me. Now, Jesus was not advocating here, don't pay taxes. But, but do you see what he said? What did he say here? You are, he's saying I am the king, and you are, the, you are royalty, and we're going to do this because it's the right thing to do in the eyes of people. We do that. Doesn't it say we're supposed to do that? Yeah, it says that, that we are to, to act in such a way before unbelievers that they will glorify God in heaven. You know, it's very difficult for you to glorify God and make an impact on your world when you're in prison for tax evasion. So don't do that. Go ahead and pay your taxes. But what did Jesus say? He said, I'm the king and you're royalty, didn't he? Doesn't it say that? Yeah, absolutely it says that. All right, we are to rule and reign on this earth. We are to take advantage of the unlimited resources that we have and not let the not let our brains or the enemy hinder us from accomplishing what it is that God put us here on this earth to do. All right. 
In the New Testament, service to God is all done. Is, let me say this the other way, since I'm tangling up my words here. Uh, service to God is done by all and is spirit anointed. All right? All of us in the church have something that we can do and something that we can accomplish. We know that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. We've read this many times. You can turn there if you want. You can just read it on the screen. But it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, a number of things that we can get out of that. One, each one is given something. All right? If you're thinking, well, I'm not doing anything in the church, well, then, then you should be thinking about what it is that you're supposed to be doing, because if you're not doing anything, it looks like you're supposed to be doing something, because it says, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Now, notice then it says, for the common good. What, 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 uh, what Chris is given to do is not going to trample or hinder what I am supposed to do. See, see God is, is better than that. Have you ever gone to the symphony? The director gets them all doing something. They're all doing something different, but they all do something together. Do you see that? All right. If you think of God as the conductor and, and we are the, the ones playing the instruments, then each one of us, I would like to play something loud myself. But drums, I could pound on drums. I have no musical ability whatsoever, but... I could pound on drums, I'm pretty sure, in the orchestra. But here's the deal. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That is really, really good to know. All right, so look at verse 11. All these, so it, it lists a bunch of gifts in the previous verses, so we're skipping those. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Verse 12, the body, that's us, is a unit, though it is made up of different parts. That's us individually. And, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. So what we've been talking about. We're one body. God's given us each a function that we're supposed to be doing something. It's because we're like him. We're made in his image, and, and we want to accomplish things, all right? Um, look at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. So down the chapter a little bit further. We'll just read that. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, helps. You see that? In the NIV, it says, those able to help others. How many of you can help others? Yes. See, see, the, 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 see, the work of God, where it is all supernatural, some of it is not spectacular. I'm just going to say that, okay? Uh, you know, the other day, uh, they, we had put new mulch in out in the out in the flower beds, and, and I don't know if it was this weird winter weather we've had or what it was, but a bunch of the mulch decided to leave the flower beds and go out on the driveway. 
So I went and got the blower out of the boiler room and blew the mulch back into the flower bed. All right, you know, th this was not spectacular at all, okay? But you know what? It, it needed to be done. And, and, the, and, and I was able to help the church by going and doing that. See that? You know, I could point out different ones in this room that, that are teaching the kids. You know, it's, it's rarely a spectacular thing to go into the, the classroom uh, if, the, if the kids are loud or the, the diapers need to be changed. That is, there's nothing really spectacular about this, but, but there is supernatural grace to do whatever God has called you to do. And, and he will make it easy for you because, because there's grace to do it. See, see, the thing is, is that the, the Holy Spirit is called the helper some, in, in some translations, but, but that, that Greek word means the one called alongside to help, all right? And uh, if, uh, Jake, could, could you help me? You know, if, if I am, uh, if, let's just say that I'm struggling and I can't stand up, so you know what? He... He could help me. He just did, all right? So, so, so you know, if, 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 if the Holy Spirit is the one who's called alongside to help, you know, then, then if Jake is supposed to go this direction, you know, the Holy Spirit could guide him in that direction. Now, he's not going to shove you or drag you. You know, the Word says, what does it say he does? He leads us, you know, and, and, and one of those, those words that talks about him leading us is, is the same word that, like, if you, if you lead a horse to water, you know what I mean? But, but, but it isn't pull, you don't pull a horse, you don't drag a horse to the water, because trust me, the horse is stronger than you are, okay? But, but you could, the horse sees where you're headed, all right? But a shepherd just walks, and the sheep follow wherever you go, you know, the sheep will just follow, you know? And, 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 and if, if that, you know, but that, you guys, hear me, that is supernatural. If the Lord leads you to help clean the building, that is supernatural. It's not spectacular, okay? Very few spectacular things happen on Saturday morning. Finis, is that right? Very few. You can sit down. Thank you. But, but, but the Holy Spirit, see, the Holy Spirit's called alongside to help. He never, you know, what does it say? I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's always going to be right there with you. As you line up to, to if, if, if he calls you to preach, then he's going to line up to help you preach. You know, if, if he calls you to, to crunch numbers, He's going to give you supernatural ability with numbers. If he calls you to, to, to visit a prison, he's, he's going to give you love and grace for, for people that, that, that you might not like if you met them on the street. But, but, but he'll give you supernatural ability to, to, to you know, uh, to... to take authority over your situation, to have confidence in the situation, to have wisdom on how to do things. Okay, it, it doesn't really matter what it is. He's going to give you supernatural ability because he's the one who's called alongside to help. If you're 90% of the way there in your head, pastor says this, he'll help you 10%, but if you're, if you're only 10% of the way there, he'll help you 90% if that's what he's called you to do. He, he's going to make sure you're a success because you're reigning in life as a king. Do you see that? 
You know, God is all about your success and, and never about your failure. You know, he, he, he doesn't want you to, to fail. He wants you to succeed. That's why he gave you the spirit who's called alongside to help us, to help us accomplish everything it is that, that he has put in our path that we can do in this world so that we can make an impact on this world. I, uh, I gave a message at a funeral today. Dear Christian sister who loved the Lord, you know, the people that were sitting in the, in the room all had been impacted by her life. And it was fun just to, to listen to them talk about how this dear sister had blessed them in her life. You know, that's, that's what I want. I, I want, you know, that day that I go home to be the Lord of Jesus Terry's, I want, you know, people to say, yeah, you know, Dave did this, and he was really good, and he helped me with this, and, and he gave me money when I did this, and, and he gave me a ride when I did this, and he did this, and, and, and he preached a sermon that, 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 you know, God used to help me straighten out things with my, with my wife, and, you know, I don't know what it is, but you know what? I want to make sure that I'm doing what it is that he put me here to do, that I do it with the Holy Spirit who's called alongside to help me, who gives me strength, who lifts me up, who keeps me on track. You know, that's what I want to do. I want that to be my legacy when I'm done here, okay? But but I I don't want to be the one who's beaten up and having a bad day. You know, uh, Brother Larry, who was just here, uh, Larry Hutton, who was just here, you know, he preached one time uh, when he was here how to never have a bad day again, you know? You know what? We don't have to have bad days. We rule and reign. Now, does that mean that there's not going to be any challenges? No, no, it doesn't mean that. It just means we rule and reign over the challenges. You know, if, if, we, if you want to let the, the, the challenges rule and reign over you, that is your choice. I, I would not recommend that. That is, that is a bad way to live, okay? You know, Moses said, I, I put before you life and death. That's kind of like choosing death. Why would you want the bad stuff to rule over you when you are put in a place by God in Christ to rule over those circumstances? Why wouldn't you want to rule over them? You know, as we walk out what it is that God's told us in his word, we rule and reign. We walk in victory. You know, thanks be to God who has given us through the victory through our own strength and power. No, it doesn't say that. It says, thanks be to God who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why is that? Because we're in him. We're living and moving in him. We're part of his body the Holy Spirit's there with us. We're in him. He's in us. However it is, we're part of who he is. And, and we're walking that thing out with the Holy Spirit who is with us. And in promise, God promised, I will never leave you. Never will I forsake you. You know, it, 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 says, it says that no man, that it says we're in his hand and no man can snatch you out of his hand. We're part of who he is. You know, it isn't something I can't just walk up and, you know, something the enemy can't just walk up and take you away from God. No, 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 no. We are in him. There's no taking you out. All right? Guys, let's rule and reign. Amen? In him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you.